Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 203 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker, and I have a wonderful guest on the show today. We are going to deep dive into the world of television development, network television development. Here we go. Hello, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hi, friends. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Motherhood in Hollywood. I hope you had a great Memorial Day. Did you get out at all? Did you take a break? Or are you staying at home? I know uh, it's sort of been mixed all over the country. I've been seeing a lot of the reports of some people are going out just like, whatever, F it, we're going to go out and (laughs) do what we do. And then other people are like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to stay home. We decided to go out a little bit, but we did it in our car. We took a drive up the PCH just to like see the ocean, to see some different scenery besides the walls in our house and our neighborhood. And it was so nice. It was so delightful to just put on some good music and drive a little bit. And um, of course, we were safe while we were doing it as well. So that was nice. So I hope you guys had a nice little three day weekend. Um, We still have a couple weeks left of homeschool. And then I'm not kidding you guys. I don't know what I'm going to do with Channing when school is over because at least right now we can fill her time half the day with schoolwork and Zoom meetings and things like that. But once all of that goes away, it's like, what do you do? What do we do? I mean, I guess we could still continue to have some kind of curriculum, some kind of learning curriculum set up. Um, I feel like we've maxed out with our number of hours of screen time and television and games and stuff, video games that we can play. So, um, yeah, it's going to start to get a little more challenging uh, when the, when summer kicks in in a few weeks. So let me hear from you. I would love to hear what you guys are doing or what you might have planned. And if I come across anything, I will share that as well. Um, I'm also reading that things in the industry are sort of slowly starting to um, open back up. I'm fascinated because, you know, we've all been hearing that everything's pretty much shut down and there's been nothing happening, but I keep seeing all of these deals that are being made. So-and-so is getting cast in this big film and somebody got cast in this big movie and a TV show and all of this stuff. And I'm like, Hey, I thought nothing was happening. Um, but apparently maybe it's just nothing for me. Um, but I am fascinated with what's going on in television right now in film and how things are going to be different. What's going to be changing. We don't know. Like this is such an unprecedented time. And that's why my guest this week, I think will have a really interesting story to tell you guys and perspective to give you all. It's uh, my guest is Brenda Berkusik Malinkovich. She is the director of programming and development at NBC Universal. So basically, and she'll explain a little bit more about what she does is she develops television shows. She works on some of the biggest shows on NBC and has worked for many years in television development and can talk a little bit about sort of what, what they're looking at and what they're doing right now, but also just overall how to get a TV show made and what television development executives are looking for. And it's a really interesting look at the industry. I think as actors, at least for me, I don't want to speak for for all the actors out there, but at least for me, I can get very 
one track about uh, acting. You get so focused on, I got to get the headshots. I got to get in class. I've got to be networking with casting directors and, and that sort of thing that you forget that there is a whole other level of uh, a whole other side of this industry um, that works to get television shows on the air. It's not just about your headshot, your resume and your acting class. Um, and in many ways, I wish I had known more about the process of starting a television show and getting a television show made years ago. This is information I wish I had known years ago because I feel like I would have made some different choices earlier on in my career. As it is right now, I'm sort of course correcting a little bit and trying to um, produce my own things and create my own show now. Um, but I wish I had had a leg up years ago in, in understanding how this process works. So I'm so grateful to Brenda for taking the time to talk with us, explain what she does, talk about um, what inspires her to create and develop a TV show, how important um, working with a good producer is, somebody you want to work with, somebody you want to have a relationship with uh, is, and um, really just the whole process. So I think you guys are really going to love this interview. So I'm going to stop yammering on about it and just let you get right to it. So here is my interview with Brenda Berkusik Malinkovich. I cannot wait to dive in to the world of television today with my guest, Brenda Berkusik Malinkovich from uh, NBC Universal. She is the Director of Programming and Development. Hi, Brenda. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, all things considered. Um, and I'm so grateful for you to take the time to talk with us. I know you guys are still busy over there, um, working away, even though there's all of this craziness going on in the world. Um, but I would, I really just want to talk to you and, and learn a lot more about what it is that you do. So um, tell me, first of all, uh, what is your job? What does it mean to be the director of programming and development? Sure. Well, I joined NBCU about a year and a half ago, and um, I had previously spent um, 13 years within PBS um, as a senior director of program development and executive producer of national productions. And the job was very similar. Um, you know, in that role, I led the development and production of national distribution of programming through the PBS system. And, and then when I joined NBC Universal, um, you know, our, our team is developing content for first run syndication, but as well as content for everywhere within our company's portfolio, which is really exciting. So we'll develop things for cable or streaming and even for outside of NBCU, if it makes sense for the particular project. Um, and then on the programming side, we have shows in production right now that that our team is overseeing on the West Coast. We have the Access Hollywood franchise, as well as the Kelly Clarkson show. And um, our team on the East Coast is overseeing the shows that are shot over there at the Stanford Media Center. Um, so in addition to dealing with the day-to-day -day on our shows, we're, you know, we're actively developing and piloting new shows, which is very fun. Um, I would love to know where your love and your passion for creating television shows and finding television shows comes from. Because for me, as someone who is in front of the camera, um, I can't imagine anyone who wanting to be behind the camera. <laughs> I'm always like, let's put the camera towards me. Let's do this. So I'm always fascinated with why people want to go into creating and developing television and films. Yeah, that's a great question. And I've done a lot of reflection on that. I think, you know, it's partly because of my upbringing. And I give my parents a lot of, of credit in that. Um, 
Uh, I'm the daughter of two Croatian immigrants. And um, when they were teenagers, my parents risked their lives to escape a communist country, communist Yugoslavia. And it was a system where there was no freedom of press. There was, um, you know, no independent thought. Uh, basic human rights were violated through terror, imprisonment, and death. And um, in, in the 1990s, my father was an activist uh, at the forefront of the struggle to convince the U.S. government to recognize Croatia as a new democracy. And, um, you know, had, had that recognition happened sooner, uh, tens of thousands of lives could have been saved in that region. And so um, <clears throat> that, that all occurred when I was around middle school age. And I saw the struggle and I saw my parents working really hard to get truths out into the media. And, and I just saw the power of the media at a very young age and what it can do to help people um, to that extreme, you know, uh, example of even saving lives. Mm -hmm. um, so I knew very early on that I wanted to go into, um, into television, into non-scripted television. And, uh, and actually my first documentary film that I did in film school was about my father's life story and that journey. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, you know, that really influenced, you know, they gave me the, the courage to tell a story that had never been told. It was a story that wasn't very safe for me to tell. I mean, I, you know, it was threats to my life when I tried to tell that story, wow. and, but I'm glad I did it because that's, that's the role we should be playing, um, you know, as journalists and as, as folks who are interested in creating content from, from behind the camera. So do you feel like then you're more of a journalist now, or do you feel like the lure of the entertainment industry has kind of changed that at all or changed that perspective? Cause it's diff very different, like journalism and entertainment. Yeah, I think, you know, what was really nice is that early on I got to spend, you know, a great part of my career, um, at PBS. Mm -hmm. So whatever itch I had to tell those kinds of stories, to be involved in educational content. Um, I really had a great deal of time, you know, 13 years to really explore that and do that. I started out with the nightly news as a producer, then moved into the role of, of you know, developing and shows for national distribution across the PBS system and was able to work on everything from, you know, talk shows to docu-series to even cooking shows. So it was really fun to be able to play in all those different spaces. Um, but I'm also a huge fan. Like, you know, it's so funny. Like you say, like when you work on serious stuff all day long, then when you go home at night, like the last thing you want to do is watch Frontline on PBS. Right, you want to right. like, watch The Bachelor because you need to like. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and then people who work in reality television say, oh, God, I want to go home and watch something. Something educational. scripted you know, or educational. Yeah. <laughs> like you get fulfilled in, in every way, whether you're a consumer or the producer of the content. But um and now I'm getting to have fun, like exploring in a completely different space. And I would say they're not totally exclusive of each other. I mean, you know, working with the team at Access Hollywood, we obviously have to abide by news guidelines and, mm -hmm. and, but it's entertainment news. And so it's fun. And it's, it's, it's something that people can use as, as a release at the end of the day and give them that, you know, kind of break that they need after a long day. And so, you, you know, all the stuff we're developing uh, kind of just, it's interesting to me, even though it's different than what I originally started out doing, I feel like it's the next evolution of where I want to be in my life in terms of trying something new and doing something different. So um, either way, I think it's, if that answers your question, I think it that's, does. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it is interesting, um, 
I think it's a good thing to have varied interests because if you just do one thing your whole life and you never open yourself up to other opportunities or ideas, then you never open yourself up to an opportunity to grow um, and, you know, learn new things about yourself and share new ideas and stuff like that. So that's, um, I love that. I'm really fascinated with, and you know, I, and you, if you feel comfortable talking about this, but how have things shifted for you during, um, during the quarantine times, during this big industry wide shutdown, are there things still happening or things being developed or is everybody just sort of, uh, getting their ducks in a row for when things get moving again? Well, you know, I feel like this, in a way, has um, forced us into um, like a forced evolution in the TV industry that we kind of didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and that is like, how do we continue to educate, inform and entertain people with all of these obstacles that are in our way right now? Just last week, we had a wonderful town hall meeting with the leaders of our division, and they talked about how important it is for our company to continue to do what we can for our communities right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and in their words, to continue to entertain, to inspire, inspire to create laughter, um, to give perspective and to show empathy and, and give people the escape they may be needing right now. Um, it was very poignant and and fits in with NBC's mission, which is human first, fundamentally positive and ingenious in execution. And I've really seen this in every decision the company's made since the start of the pandemic. I mean, from Paul Telegdi and Meredith R and our boss, Tracy Wilson, down through my boss, Richard Borjas, and everyone we work with sending the message of human first, sending us home very early, even before it was mandated for us to shelter in place and, and making sure that our programming continued to be fundamentally positive that we supported each other um, through this very unknown journey and Mm -hmm. that we continued to try to be ingenious in execution. And I think if there was ever a time for this mission to be practiced in action, it's it's right now. Um, We have a new streaming service that we just launched, which is really exciting for the company. Mm -hmm. And there's so much opportunity there. And and I just don't think TV will ever be the same after this. Um, We're looking at new ways of approaching content, you know, working remotely, doing things that we wouldn't have done before and, you know, in a non-traditional way of producing and delivering television. Um, so, you know, I, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll come out of this with some new perspectives on how things might continue to be done in the future. Um, we've been extremely busy, which, which has been great. Um, but it would be nice to, you know, use the successes that we've had in working from home uh, and continue to pilot working arrangements like this, especially for us, for working mothers, you know, if we can get more done at home, um, if we're there one or two days a week versus spending hours in traffic, you know, our productivity goes up. Um, I'm sure Absolutely. there's, you know, people who feel this way. Um, more time to take care of ourselves, our work, our children. We're happier. We're more productive. I think the society is healthier overall. Um, if we go back to business as usual after this, it might be a missed opportunity. But nonetheless, um, it's been you know, some of the positives in the situation is that it's been great to see what we can accomplish during this time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I, for a long time, um, working in the digital space and seeing the growth and the power and the, um, upswing of digital content have always wondered, um, people who are working in traditional broadcast television, is there, is there, do you think an end to that coming? Do you think that 
that traditional broadcasts will always be there? Or do you think there may come a time when everything we watch is online or is streaming content? That's a great question, and I'm certainly not the one with the crystal ball on that. <laughs> Can you tell me the future? <laughs> um, you know, I think there's still a lot of people watching traditional broadcast television, mm-hmm. like any way you look at it. So, um, you know, even even during my time on the board of the Television Academy, I've talked mm-hmm. about that. Like, what is content? Is it does it have to be on television? And of course, no. It's you know, there's all these streaming platforms and and different ways of consuming content now. So, um, you know, time will tell, but I think, you know, um, things are continuing to shift and um, we're all going to have to adapt and and change and and go with the trends because um, people are are wanting to consume content differently than ever before. So let's talk about some of the shows that you actually have discovered and developed, whether it be at NBC or PBS. Um, and tell me a little bit about those. I'm sure a lot of them people would recognize and know right away. You've already mentioned a couple. Um, but tell me a little bit about the shows that you've actually worked on. Sure. Well, yeah, while I, while I was at PBS, gosh, I was responsible for thousands of hours of new programming that either I discovered or figured out a way to make happen from whatever stage the project was in when I discovered it or it was brought to me and my team or some of them were my original ideas. So, I mean, some of the collaborations I'm most proud of from my time there would be probably a show I produced in partnership with Variety called Variety Studio Actors on Actors. I love that show. You did that? You created that? You developed that? Together with Donna Panestri and the team over at Variety, yeah, we took, um, you know, what they had been doing online and basically worked with them to tell them how we could turn it into a TV show to make it work for a television audience, you know, with a host mm-hmm. open and and various acts and bridges between the interviews and a host closing, all those things that would make it feel more like a more, more TV, yeah. yeah. Brenda, I love that. I love, I literally watch that every time there's new episodes on. Oh, thank you. Well, that's so, so great. Yeah. Yeah. And for, you know, folks who haven't seen it, it's, it's a series where we have Oscar and Emmy contenders interview each other about their life careers and their current works. And, um, you know, that's, that, that's been a lot of fun. We've, we've won multiple Emmys for that show and, um, just really proud of, of what we built there. And, Another show that I was that was very close to my heart was um, something I piloted, developed, and produced in partnership with Dick Clark Company and Mark L. Wahlberg, um, called Buried History with Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. And we traveled to small towns in the U.S. to uncover the history of those towns, starting with the tombstones in each city. Oh, cool! And, yeah, it was a fun, um, a fun, a fun show. And, and Mark is having great success now as the host of the Temptation Island reboot here. Mm-hmm. Um, on USA and the NBCU family. And, and we, we talk often about, um, about trying to um, get buried history going, but. Did you I, ever work on finding your roots? No, I did not. But yeah, it's, it's, it's within the PBS family. Yeah. Honestly. Yes. Great show. So good show. I love anything with like history or like, I'm such a history nerd, um, anything delving into history. So like when you talk about like finding old tombstones, stuff like that, like, I just think that stuff is so cool. I'm fascinated with it. Yeah, and genealogy and, mm-hmm. and just how, um, you know, you, you for instance, in the first episode, we go to Avalon, California, and it's like a lot of people visit Catalina and know nothing about the history of, of that town and how it started and, you know, which celebrities visited there and, you know, um, just myths and legends and scandals and all that, you know, kind of juicy stuff. So it's a way to make history fun. 
for sure. And then within NBC, you know, we're, we're developing things that um, I'm working closely with my boss and our team to hopefully, you know, make some good decisions about the right talent that we're going to develop next, the right projects for us. I have um, a show idea that I came up with. Uh, it's a person that I found online that I just enjoyed listening to them um, on YouTube and thought, wow, I had this epiphany. This person would be great on television. So I started to develop a, a pitch for a show around them. And we're in discussions right now to, to try and get that going. That's fascinating to me because there is, you know, I tell people all the time because um, they ask me like, oh, I'm, you know, I, I don't know how to get creative. I don't know how to get started getting creative or creating something. And I always tell people like, just go for it. Put, try it, put something out there, put yourself out there because you never know who's going to be watching. You never know who's going to see it and get a spark of creativity about you and what you're doing. So um, that's very validating to hear that and kind of leads into my next question is like, what's important to you when it comes to working with producers and how do you discover producers um, to develop a show with? And is it only producers, you know, established producers that you work with? Can you find unknowns are people who've never developed a show before and say, Hey, I think this person has something here. Let's work with them. Well, I'm personally open to the latter. Um, I think in this business, you have to have just good street smarts in dealing with people. Um, and, and knowing kind of how to read people because at the end of the day, you have to like the people you've chosen to work with. Mm -hmm. It's a long and often challenging ride, you know, launching and maintaining a show. So if you like your producers, I mean, that's half the battle. I think right. it's always good to work with folks who have good experience, but, you know, folks who are easy to work with, flexible, um, good communicators, and just nice people who know how to get the job done without without all the drama or playing games. I mean, you know, leave that for the screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the nice, you know, nicest people I've ever come across um, in my career is David Eilenberg. He's um, a chief content officer for ITV. And he's just an amazingly talented person who came up through Mark Burnett. He was then at TBS and TNT, and he's now with ITV doing really great things. And And I had the great fortune, and I mean this wholeheartedly, like extremely great fortune of having the Producers Guild pair me with him when I was earlier in my career. And he became my mentor for a year. And as I was trying to navigate towards the next um, chapter of my career and all, you know, all his success aside, what stands out about him and why I'm so lucky to continue to be working with him on projects today is the fact that he's just a nice guy and, um, you know, gave me the time of day when I was, you know, earlier in my career. And now that I'm in a position where I am able to develop shows, we're now working together and, and collaborating and trying to develop something together. So, um, he gave me an opportunity when, when I was inexperienced. And so I like to do that for others as well. So kindness really does pay off in this industry. You know, I think that so often we hear stories about celebrities or producers or people who think they're, you know, a big deal or a bigger deal than they are or whatever, and they somehow still succeed. Um, but it's so rare that we get to hear the stories about people who are nice and who are also succeeding. So I'd love to hear that. That's fantastic. Um, I would also love to know, there's a lot of actors that listen to my show, a lot of um, up and coming actors and moms and parents. Um, what kind of daily interaction or what is the level of interaction that you have with actors when you're developing a show? Well, it just depends on, on the show and what we're working on. I mean, obviously, um, 
actors are regular guests on on our Access franchise and on the Kelly Clarkson show and, you know, actively booking them for for interviews. Um, When I was executive producing Actors on Actors, you know, we were lucky to have dozens of actors coming in through the door each day. And um, and so that was was really great. But they're they're always um, pitching us shows as well. Um, uh, You know, sometimes um, an on-air talent will will um, come in with their own show idea um, because sometimes we'll take meetings and it, you know, we think, okay, this person's really great, but we don't know where to put them or what to do with them. And sometimes they'll come with a producer who has an idea for them, which is always a great starting point because we're able to then, um, you know, look at that idea and see if we, we can develop it into a show. And so they're always a natural part of our interactions, um, on a day-to-day basis. So you don't see like when shows are casting, do the headshots come to you or the final selects come to you and you say yes, no, maybe on that type of process, or are you more, uh, involved with actors in the beginning of the process? Well, it just depends. We're not, my division's not doing scripted. Mm. So there's less of the, the headshots floating around for the casting purposes. But when we are developing, you know, character-driven shows, um, docu-reality series and things like that, there is a casting process and it just depends on, you know, who our producers are, who, which production companies we're working with. And we will work um, hand in hand with them to kind of review what they've come up with in the casting process to make sure we're all on the same page that, you know, we agree on who they're selecting. So let's talk a little bit about the, um, the demands of your job, the, just the time demands and probably the emotional demands as well, because I imagine working at a network level like this and television and producing content, coming up with new show ideas, constantly taking meetings. Um, you are a very busy lady. Um, and you also are a mom of two on top of that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how you find balance if you um are still finding balance like what are some of the ways that you balance your family life and your home life do you have any tips or tricks you can share with us yeah i mean um i'm still trying to figure it out every day (laughs) (laughs) no i mean it really just depends on what we're working on i i feel like we have a good culture that supports work-life balance um you know, starting from, you know, Meredith and, and Tracy, who has her own, own children, Tracy Wilson, they really get it. And, um, I think, you know, this, this COVID situation where we're actually folks are seeing us working with our children by our sides and they're showing up on, you know, our chat meetings, uh-huh. <laughs> we see just how helpless they are and how needy they are. It's really humanized kind of the situation for all of us. Like before, you know, we kind of, you know, as women, we would say, oh, you know, don't ever bring up your your struggles with your children at work. You know, you want to make it seem like you're on top of things. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem. You've got it handled. Like, but, you know, that's not real. You know, life is messy. And um, <clears throat> before I had children, I had no idea how hard it was to be like a mother, a stellar employee, great wife, great daughter, great friend, mm-hmm. great volunteer, all wrapped up in one. And um, had, having kids, you know, has made it infinitely more challenging, but it's such a blessing and so exciting and it's really actually made me calmer about my work in, in some ways. Like it's given me more empathy for, for those who are working with me who also have children or even, you know, folks who don't have children, if they have elderly parents they're taking care of because, you know, I know what you're going through and, it, and, and I trust that you're going to get your work done somehow, even if you have to do it from home because, you know, the pressure of life and being 10 places at once is just not possible. And you have a 9 a.m. doctor's appointment for your child and a 10 a.m. call and everything else you need to do before the sun goes down. Right. Yeah. So 
I joke with my colleagues, I say sometimes I'm amazed that I've shown up to work with pants on because it's just like, you know, mornings are so crazy and you're likely to forget something, right? Right. So, um, but you know, it's, it's just, I think someone said this to me once and there were a couple of phrases that I love. And, um, one is if I can just get through today, like don't Mm -hmm. think too much about tomorrow and the next day and the day after that, um, be in the moment, be with your children during the moments that you are with them you know, the short time at the beginning and end of the day and try to separate and, and turn on that clock of when, when you're going to clock out, because it is so easy to keep working and keep working and keep working. But, um, you're doing a disservice to your children. If, if you don't say, okay, I've done, I've done good enough for today. And now my children need me. So that's, you know, one of my philosophies that I've, I've had to work on to make sure that I'm creating that balance. And then, um, Someone once said to me, you know, the, the, the days are long, but the years are short. And, um, that was right when I had my first child and now I totally get it because, you know, they keep you up at night and it's exhausting. Um, but suddenly you, you wake up and they're three and they're five Mm -hmm. or eight and you're like, what happened? Where did, (laughs) where did the time go? I know I was looking at my daughter. She just turned seven a few weeks ago and I'm, she's a little string bean. Like she's so tall. She's as tall as like an eight or nine year old. And I just look at her and I'm, I see that little tiny little baby, you know, who my little toddler used to run around all the time. And I'm like, where did this time go? You're this big kid now. Um, And I feel like the that phrase that saying is definitely true right now, because the days are long. (laughs) We are all like, whoo, this uh, when is this day going to come to an end? (laughs) So true. And then they hold your hand at the end of the night. And it's just all worth it. Yeah, it's totally worth it. Do you think that um, being a mom has changed at all your perspective on the types of shows you develop or the material you look for? Is that a factor at all? You know, I think being a mom has more so influenced the type of job I wanted to see myself in within Um, the industry, maybe more than the type of programs I develop. Mm -hmm. So like earlier in my career, like in my 20s, I probably would have loved to be shooting on location and now not Mm -hmm. so much as a full-time thing. You know, so in programming and development, there's some work-life balance uh, to some degree because you're not away from your kids for weeks or months at a time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I, going back to you know the PBS thing, I was proud of the programming I developed there. I'm proud of what we're doing at NBC. Um, there's, you know, programming that I feel um, there's programming for everyone, right? So someone watching um, American Masters on PBS, that might change their life. And for another, maybe watching reruns of The Office on Peacock might be just the break they need to get them through an unimaginably difficult day, right? Giving them the last year that they need to make it through. So like whatever I'm developing, I think, you know, there's someone out there who really needs this right now. And and I personally get passionate about things that I would want to watch, um, which hasn't really changed since I became a mom. I think, thankfully, I'm not developing anything that I would feel ashamed to have my children Mm -hmm. see. But I don't think I would... um, ever keep a job where I didn't feel uh, that I believe in the content to some extent. So at the very least, I think they go hand in hand. And if I set that standard for myself, then I've also set a good example for my children and, or at the very least would be able to explain to, to my children down the line, what the purpose of the content was and what kind of audience it was made for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's important. You have to be able to um, look your children and family in the face, you know, and, and be proud of what you do and hope that they're proud as well. 
Um, I would love to know if there's anything you can share with us, any tidbits or anything like that. And I totally understand if you can't, but anything that we can maybe be on the lookout for that's coming down the pipeline at NBC. Um, it's of course, I understand if you can't reveal anything, but if there is, we would love to know. Expect only brilliance. No, good. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) Now we just set the bar really high for ourselves. Super high. (laughs) No, I mean, we, we're kind of in development mode right now, obviously, because we're not able to have boots on the ground, really, you know, full-fledged production right now. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of great things are going to come out of this, and, and hopefully we'll be, be ready to announce some things as soon as we get to the other end of this. Well, we will definitely be looking out for that. Um, I uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. You have literally um, explained so much of this process that I think is very mysterious to a lot of people in the industry. Like we don't fully understand how the development process works, especially with actors. We're kind of curious to know like what's involved in the process. How can we get involved in the process? Um, and so this has been very eye opening. And I, I'm so grateful for you taking the time um, to talk with me. Oh, thank you, Heather. I appreciate the opportunity and keep up all your great work as well. Thank you. All right, everyone, that's going to do it for me. Remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.